Welcome to Locked On NBA Draft. I'm your host, Leif Tuline. On this show, we will be analyzing different NBA prospects every episode, presenting you with various perspectives on every prospect coming from the Locked On NBA hosts and NBA draft experts. Today, you'll be hearing all you need to know about potential number one draft pick, score first guard out of Georgia, Anthony Edwards. For more on Edwards' strengths, and later on in the show, we will get to his weaknesses. Let's head to the host of Locked On Warriors podcast, Wes Goldberg, who is joined by Charles T. Hamilton. Charles, Anthony Edwards is sort of the number one pick, the number one guy on most big boards. What do you like about him? Well, the the obvious parts. He's incredibly athletic. Uh, he's 6'5", 225. He's got a NBA body uh, ready ready to go. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, he'll have to get bigger or this or that. Uh, 6'5", with a 6'9", wingspan. Um, he has a natural shooting stroke. You know, there's not going to be a lot of tweaking on that. It just, he just looks NBA ready is the main thing. And obviously no rookie comes in and is the finished product. There's going to be improvements he's going to need to make. But as far as coming in, being NBA ready, ready to contribute immediately. And then his ceiling, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the best combination of both. I I think as far as this year's uh, top prospects go. No, it's well said. I mean, you look at guys, that's what most teams want, not just the Warriors, right? Is a guy who can come in and contribute right away and then blossom into something better. Um, you mentioned the stuff about his size and the athleticism, and that, that is so apparent when he plays in transition. And that is becoming such an important factor in today's NBA. Like you can just easily project him, you know, getting steals, running the floor. Um, he's got good feel of when to cut. So uh, I think that helps in transition, but it also helps in the half court where like Georgia had him on the ball a lot, but when he was off the ball is where he, I thought at least he thrived. Um, he's got like just, again, good feel for knowing and, and timing his cuts, knowing where to do it, when to do it, how to do it. And then you combine all that. He's just such a great finisher at the rim and mm-hmm. he's so physical. He doesn't shy away from contact. He's able to play through the contact and either get the finish or, or get to the line. I think he got to the foul line. Yeah, 5.3 free throw attempts per game. I only imagine that's probably going to increase, if anything, at the NBA level if he's playing more off the ball and doing more of that stuff more often, where as far as cutting and, and, and being in those um, rim running situations. And, uh, yeah, I just think when you look at that, he, he able, he's able to use his frame really well, and he actually does this thing that I thought was really impressive. The more I, uh, of the film I watch, the more often I see him just sort of establishing high post position, mm-hmm. which to me is like, – this is the one of the youngest guys. I think he's the second youngest player in the draft or something like that. And mm-hmm. for him to sort of have that innate feel already, knowing when to cut, when to establish high post position, his, his ability to use his body, he's got such a great feel for that. That I, I think, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, he's got this great athleticism, he's got this great body. It's another thing to say, okay, he can use it, right? And that, to me, is what shows that okay, he's got these things, but now he's actually, it's not a coulda, woulda, shoulda thing. He knows how to use his body. And that, and that's, to me, shows like there's a pretty good basketball feel there, too, which I like. Yeah, you mentioned his age. He just turned 19 uh, on August 5th, one of the youngest players uh, in the draft. And it could be overrated, but it, t- that matters to some front offices and some evaluators because you think you have more time to develop uh, that his game is, uh, at this point, it, you know, is, um, you know, his game can get better from age 19 to right. 24 than someone who comes in at 24. How much better can someone that age get, et cetera? 
but as far as his his ability, you know, you talk about getting to the rim and being a bruiser and stuff like that. That's something that is valuable in today's NBA right. because of the fact that it's such a jump shooting league. And if you don't have someone that can get to the line, it, it, it's something that can calm down a, you know, oh for 27 uh, right. from three. It's the, uh, other, it's the other way to get the three points, right? Exactly. And, exactly. and we see that so much when a team is struggling from the three-point line, whether it be the Warriors or any team, where they just say, you know what, let's just get, get downhill, go to the rim. He's got such a quick first step. Uh, I think his athleticism is maybe – um, I mean, yeah, he's a good jumper. He finishes with two hands a lot. Uh, he's not, I, I don't think he's like, he's a, he doesn't have straight line speed that you would like all the time, but um, I, I, it's not as, it's not as good as I think it's sort of advertised. Um, but the half court thing is there because that first step is there. Uh, and look in this draft where it's kind of void of this, this, the main guy, I think if you're looking for a guy that can be, a multi-time all-star and sort of develop into a face the franchise type guy. You want to see somebody who at least has shades of good isolation play, because as we're seeing in these playoffs right now, that's so important, right? Like the Mm -hmm. one-on-one plays, like look no further than Luka Doncic against the Clippers. And um, I mean, this, this one-on-way isolate one-on-one isolation play. It's so rare to find a guy who could do that, which is why I was, was sort of more bullish on D'Angelo Russell is because he could do that sort of thing. But um, with with Anthony Edwards, he's developing this Harden-esque step back. Mm-hmm. And it's not pretty all the time. It doesn't go in a whole lot. But he's trying it, man. And I like that he's at least trying it. And if he's doing that and he's developing it, then that's going to be helpful for him. If it, if it can, in fact, develop into a useful tool. And like I said, he tries it. He does it. There are shades of an isolation player there. Mm-hmm. No, and there's so, something to be said. I mean, we talked about his size, but there's there's a lot to be said for it offensively and defensively. You know, he's not a great defender yet, but he, because of his size, uh, strength, uh, you know, agility, all-around athleticism in that body, he has the potential to be a very versatile defender. And also we, we see guys like Luka and we saw Kawhi do it. I mean, we still see Kawhi do it, but remember when he, you know, pretty much ended Kavon Looney's uh, finals last year, mm-hmm. driving to the hoop. There's There's really something to be said for someone that big that can get to the hoop like that. It, it, it does make a big difference. Uh, you know, seeing Luca, Luca did it to Kawhi a couple of games yeah. ago. It's, it is definitely an asset that is kind of rare in, uh, in today's NBA players. And, you know, you can't, I wouldn't sneeze at having someone like that on a, on my team. No, in this draft, there's just not a lot of guys built like Anthony Edwards, especially yeah. on the wing too. So there's, there's a novelty there as well. Coming up next, we'll head back to Wes and Charles on Lockdown Warriors to hear more about Anthony Edwards. But this time, they'll explain why there's some hesitancy about picking him despite his clear scoring tools and impressive frame. They'll be examining and explaining some weaknesses of his game. But before you get to hear that great segment, I wanted you to, I wanted to promote this doozy of a podcast, Locked On NBA Mock Draft. The NBA draft is just days away, and Locked On NBA Podcast is mock drafting every first-round pick. Listen to Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, The Athletics' John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked On NBA today wherever you get your podcasts. 
You know it would be a good snack to have while listening to that amazing podcast? A Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The people at Built Bar are awesome and they sure produce a great protein bar. It's not like every other protein bar that has that chalky protein taste. Built Bar legitimately tastes great. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and come in awesome flavors with and without nuts, like the new Cherry Barcia. It's a great name. Uh, Caramel Brownie's also new, also really good. I love protein bars, and Built Bars are the best I've ever had. I personally love the mint brownie flavor, but every single flavor I've had is really, really astoundingly good. I have a built bar after playing basketball or a lift, and it's it's so delicious and fills me up and doesn't leave me with that proteiny aftertaste of other bars that just ma- leaves you to crave water. Built bar allows any health conscious guy like myself to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. New flavor cherry barcia, for example, is 17 grams of protein and the same amazing taste. Sign me up, and you can too. Visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order and a free cooler with purchase. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Please make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NBA Draft if you haven't already, and let your NBA Draft-loving friends know, too. You'll find great analysis on draft prospects from Locked On NBA hosts and NBA draft experts each and every episode. Speaking of expert analysis, here are Wes Goldberg and Charles T. Robinson on Locked On Warriors to discuss Anthony Edwards' weaknesses that deter him from being the number one pick, and maybe even number two as well, as the Warriors have that pick but seem to be looking in other directions. All right, Charles, so we talked about Anthony Edwards' strengths. Let's move on to his weaknesses. You alluded to it a little bit in the first segment. The obvious one is what he is how he stands up defensively. And there's a lot uh, there's a lot that he leaves on the table defensively. You watch the games, you watch the film, and he puts so much effort in on the offensive end as far as all the stuff we were talking about, developing this step-back jumper cutting off the ball, the activity on the offensive end in the full court and in the half court. But defensively, it's just not there. He's got a reputation as a lazy defender. And to me, honestly, it's it's warranted. Do you think that that's fixable at the NBA level? You would hope so. I mean, especially if you're taking him at number two overall. And we also saw with the Warriors and D'Angelo Russell, there were reasons why it didn't fit. But part of it was the fact that he was just a bad defender. Uh, you know, sometimes he got lazy and the Warriors don't, uh, put up with that. I mean, we saw, right. uh, you know, Nick Young, he, even in the, the playoffs a couple of years ago, at least he was given an effort, you know, at least he was making an effort to defend and they can live with that. But if you're just a lazy defender, they're not going to deal with that. So would that be something that keeps them from making the pick or hanging on to him long-term? Who knows? But the thing is, you know, I mentioned that first segment is the, the, the combination of size, athleticism and strength there's an elite defender in there somewhere. Right. But is he going to do the work to get there? And one thing that I think gets overlooked uh, defensively is the, the, the basketball IQ that you have to have um, to be a good defender, especially on a, a Draymond level, which, you know, there's only, that's an elite, elite level. So not to say that he needs to get there, but does he also have that basketball IQ to be a good defender? I think he does. But, you know, the effort needs to be there and the, the progression. He needs to get better. The, the work needs to be put in to get there. Um, I, you would hope it being picked number two and getting paid that money that he'd, he'd uh, make that effort to do so. 
Well, I think you hit it on the head. To me, it's not a basketball IQ thing with him. It is certainly an effort thing, right? Because if you have that sort of basketball IQ on the offensive end, chances are that translates to the defensive end. I mean, basketball is I, – I, there's two different sides of the ball, right? But it's one game, and usually basketball IQ translates to both ends. When you see a high level, a high basketball IQ player not be good on defense, it's usually one of two things. It's usually just, again, effort in the case of, let's say, a Carmelo Anthony, right? Or in the case of a guy like Lou Williams, it's just – it's size, right? It's mm-hmm. like you're just too small. For Edwards, size is not an issue, uh, as you pointed out. And it is effort. I mean, you look at these games, he gets he gets lazy when he's not on the ball. But when he's on the ball, he does put in a little bit more effort. He does come out of his stance quite a bit. He gets beat off the dribble all the time. Um, and, and so I, there's ways to work on that. Like he's not getting beat off the dribble because he's not athletic enough or is not big enough to get in front of a guy. He's just getting beat off the dribble because he just kind of – sways out of his stance and he's not really paying a whole lot of attention or he gets caught ball watching or something like that. Um, and he doesn't close out well, really at all. And that kind of gets him, you know, caught in this no man's land between the, the would be shooter and the passer and all these things. But these are things I think you can fix if you're, if you're an NBA team drafting him and you can harp on these things. And granted he was, he had a high usage percentage at Georgia. You take the ball out of his hands a little bit more on the offensive end let him play off the ball a little bit more. Maybe he doesn't have to expend quite as much energy on that side of the floor. Then maybe he starts giving you that effort defensively. I think that would be the bet with Anthony Edwards because right now he would be one of the worst defenders in the league given the way he defended at Georgia. Like, like when I say he gets beat off the dribble all the time, it's like 99% of the time he's getting beat off the dribble. It's bad. But yeah. I, I do believe that the upside is there. Yeah, and I, the only way that that's acceptable is if you're like a James Harden type scorer. If you can put right. up 30-plus points a game – and you're a bad defender or, you know, indifferent defensively, I can live with that. But he's not that yet, at least, probably won't be that. James Harden is, you know, James Harden. Uh, The thing is with the – it's hard to translate a guy from college to the pros because, like you said, high usage rate at Georgia, not going to be that high uh, in, you know, potentially with the Warriors. That's who we're talking about. But will that translate to him putting in the effort other places? Uh, It's something that obviously the GMs and scouts need to figure out. But I do we know? No. And that's that's one of the the scary parts about it. And the other thing is we've talked about his scoring, which is there and it's it's obvious. But at the same time, yeah, he's a guy who can get it done at all three levels. He was really inefficient. And is that another thing that you're worried about? I mean, it is something you're worried about coming to the NBA. Will that, is that something that'll change as his usage usage goes down? Will his decision-making get better? Uh, All these things are question marks, but as far as the talent goes, you know, he's, he's probably the top guy. Top guy. um, And I still, like I said, I point out all the flaws defensively. I think there's so much potential offensively. um, But again, like defensively, I I think you said it well. There's a good, there's an elite level defender somewhere within Anthony Edwards. And let's keep in mind, this is a guy who started playing basketball very late. Defense to me is a harder thing to grasp than offense, right? Like when you're talking about team defense and all these things, uh, that that comes with so much experience and just playing and just seeing things. Um, and, and and you know, it's easy to just want to go out and score, right? And be and become the number one draft choice. And it's another thing to say, okay. I've done this. Now, how can I start participating in winning basketball? And the defensive end is where that comes in. Uh, I still think he gets there. Uh, you watch the interviews with him. You 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 watch the way he plays, the effort that he can he, he can play with, the energy with which he can play. 
Uh, it's all there. He just needs to sort of put it together. And if I'm an NBA team, if I'm the Warriors, I'm betting that it comes together. And if you're the Warriors, you got a guy named Draymond Green who has a tendency to get that out of guys. And if that guy just doesn't have it, well, then you know fairly quickly, or at least Draymond will tell you. Welcome back to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm still your host, Leif Tuline, and we're still analyzing the game of Anthony Edwards. In my opinion, Edwards' build as a guard is his best attribute, and his game's not caught up to that yet. That's not to say he can't be a very good player in the NBA, but he took a lot of horrible shots for a very bad Georgia team and played poor defense and sometimes didn't try on that end either. He's often compared to Tom Crean's former disciples who are also shooting guards taken in the top five in Dwayne Wade and Victor Oladipo. But I don't love those comparisons due to the lack of defensive effort, and Wade and Oladipo are monsters on that end. Now, Edwards isn't all bad, obviously. I think he's a great shot creator for himself, both making tough shots and easy ones. And he could be a great transition player using his big body at 6'5", 225 pounds, and impressive speed and bounce to ward off defenders and finish. I don't think Edwards is a great fit on the Timberwolves given they've had Levine and Wiggins who are similar players and it hasn't worked for them. And the Warriors are in win-now mode and the Hornets are chasing a big. So it'll be interesting to see where a potential perennial 20-point-per-game score in Edwards goes. His value is dependent on how efficiently he gets those 20 points. Those are my thoughts on Edwards, and here is Locked On Hawks host Brad Rowland's take on Anthony Edwards, how he envisions his game best being utilized, and where he compares to last year's draft class's prospects. Edwards is someone I've gone back and forth on a ton, acknowledging the whole time that he's he can and should be and will be a top three pick, most likely. Um, I think part of that is this class. I will say that about him. Um, I'm going to say positive things as well, but I think if you just gave me a normal, average draft class, Edwards may not be a top three pick. Um, there are lots of classes recently where he he definitely would not be that high for me, but in this draft, um, even with some of his flaws that do drive me crazy, he is still you know a top three guy um, for a reason, and it's that he is really talented. I mean, he, as a shot creator, shot maker, You've seen flashes. He shot 50% on twos. That's pretty decent. Um, 29% on threes uh, is bad. A lot of that is bad bad shot selection. That, that's kind of number one for me in a lot of ways is that his, his, his shot selection was terrible in college. Part of that was the bad situation he was in at Georgia. Part of that was that he just took a lot of bad pull-up lazy shots. Um, but I do think that that percentage is not indicative of his talent as a shooter. He's a better shooter than that percentage would tell you. Um, free, free throw line, 77%. That's just fine. Um, had some impressive stretches. Like like you said, he had a couple of halves, a couple of games where he was like basically unguardable, just making everything. Um, he's also really young, which is helpful. He's still 18. He'll turn 19 in August. Very young this class. And he's kind of a late bloomer, too. He played some... Um, he's a football player early on. He has some bad habits, but he's still really raw in some ways. Obviously a great athlete. He's explosive. He's powerful. The profile is weird, especially when you factor in defense because he has great tools, like raw physical tools defensively, and some playmaking flashes defensively, like some jumping in the passing lines and stuff like that. But his effort was generally terrible, and some of the tape is so bad and so so hard to watch defensively. So like, like you said, the player that he is now, the player that he was this year, if you just assume that was the guy he's going to be, it's, it's a tough sell, but the tools are really good. And in this class, 
The only guy that I think you can argue has a higher upside would be Melo. Um, maybe if you wanted to get crazy on Poku, which I wouldn't. Um, but Edwards, the the upside is all star level player. Like he has that, he has those kind of tools. Edwards is still best cast as like a number two option option offensively, other than a number one. I'm sure teams in the lottery, some teams in the lottery are going to want to draft him to be the number one option, and I totally get that. And he does have that you know ultimate upside of being a number one option. I, I would say that he does flash nice passing and stuff. I do think though. Part of the question that I have about Edwards, and not it's not a big enough question for me to knock him down my board necessarily, but I'm not as sold as others, is that it's really hard to project Edwards and what he's going to be in that secondary, more secondary creation role because he just doesn't, he did, they just didn't do it at all in college. Again, if, if Edwards had been the same exact prospect and was in last year's draft, I think he would be the consensus number four pick. And that's not like a knock on him. I think people, now that it's been a year, people have forgotten that R.J. Barrett was much more highly regarded than people want to remember that he was. I'm not saying that he is going to be great or anything, and I wasn't always the biggest Barrett fan, but he was definitely the consensus number three pick last year, like, by a lot. Like, if you rounded up all the mocks and all of the big boards and stuff last year, he was definitely in a tier of his own at number three. And I think Edwards would have been closer to Barrett than he was to anybody else last year in the draft. I absolutely agree with Locked on Hawks host Brad Rowland about Anthony Edwards being touted as a top prospect, but there were three guys last year that were proven winners and would have to be taken ahead of Edwards based on their college bodies of work if he were in that class of players. That was Locked on Hawks, Brad Rowland's assessment of Edwards, and here's Chad Fords, who has Edwards coming in at number three on his big board for this year's class. Physically, he is the most dominant player in this draft if you're just talking about athleticism, raw athleticism, strength for a position. He's got terrific upside, all the physical tools to be the star. And the question is, you know, that feel for the game, basketball IQ, not really an elite shooter, was really kind of an indifferent or an inconsistent defender throughout the things. that The thing that worries me personally about Edwards is that some of that stuff, just like it's impossible to take an average athlete and make them an elite athlete, you can improve their athleticism, but you're not going to make them an elite athlete. I think the same thing can be said about just general feel uh, for the game. I think that there's things that you can improve and, and players can continue to learn and grow. But the instinctual feel for the game that someone like LaMelo Ball has you know, for example, is, is sort of the opposite with Anthony Edwards. And I, I think that that, that actually scares uh, teams quite a bit. There are definitely teams that have him number one on their board. Uh, and he's interesting in that I didn't talk to a team that really had him outside of the top three. And so if you were asking me also, what's the guy that's the like least likely to slide in the draft right now? It seems like Anthony Edwards, uh, shooting guard out of Georgia is that guy. Chad Ford brings up an interesting point that Edwards seems locked into the top three, but none of the teams are raving about him based on all accounts. I guess we will see on Wednesday what cap he puts on and if a team in the top three does in fact take him. That's it for Locked on NBA Draft. 
We have more draft prospects to come in the remaining days leading up to the NBA draft on November 18th, so you know where to get all your information on all your favorite teams and prospects. Check out episodes on other potential lottery picks, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Patrick Williams, and any other episodes. And make sure to listen to the next episode on potential top 10 pick Iowa State guard Tyrese Halliburton. Thank you for listening to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm Leif Tulane.